story short, my name's Lima, and this is our first podcast of many, we hope. Um, Rima is in Colorado right now. Hello, and Lima's in Minneapolis. Hello. It's like the Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello. hello. We could have totally had facial mask on and you wouldn't even know. (laughs) Or whipped cream. I mean, yeah, the same thing, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is our first podcast, and um, I started thinking about starting this, I think it was when we were coming up for your first checkup, post-transplant, that was like mid-November, so a month later, of course, it gets started, but... um, yeah, yeah. Uh, long long road trips help with the the brain of thinking of podcasts because you don't want to listen to music all the time. No. So, and <laughs> Dima and I really like podcasts that are like inspirational and make you kind of want to become like a better human being or inspire you to like maybe you can accomplish that goal or like climb that mountain or like go to the fucking gym, even though you don't want to, which is my normal routine of no I don't want to do this don't make me do it you're a lot better at going than I, well first of all you have a gym membership yeah. I have a whole, I have a little mini gym in the basement yeah but I'm still I'd that still lazy that do, I don't even go downstairs <laughs> I'd still rather go to that mini gym there's no one looking at you and like weirdos who don't know how to use the equipment but you're just staring at them you're like oh my god I want to help you but I don't want to talk to you <laughs> like I don't Pick want gym you. friends no no so anyways so yeah, so like we started, I started the idea of like really wanting to have a podcast to kind of give, long story short, a platform instead of just Instagram or our blog or Facebook to kind of give you guys more of like a look inside our personalities and who like we actually are as humans and like how we sound and not even that, but like, you know, our ideas and thoughts and like we want to create a space where you can tune in and listen to us and walk away from it knowing that, you know, whatever's going on in your life, like you're not the only one struggling or going through something and, you know, somehow maybe we can inspire someone or, you know, help someone out or make someone like laugh or just like put a smile on your face and that's like the end goal. We like really want this podcast to be about talking about yeah about like CF and like transplants but other things too like how much we like camping and hiking and like how Emma has gone to like Estes Park the last like few weeks and like you know like life is a roller coaster and sometimes she goes hiking sometimes she doesn't or like you know yeah we're not in the same city but it's not like we don't talk or like you know Emma's coming what in like three weeks or something yeah January 8th yeah for her post follow-up, so when she's here, I'm sure we'll go on adventures and stuff, so. Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we want to share our experience in, in hopes that it will help someone, give someone, like, some new ideas to do something differently or to, you know, look into something like a different hospital or, like, a different way of care or just, like, a better way to, you know, approach things like transplant or CF or just being sick or you know hospital stuff just anything we can you know related issues or not or know someone or just like someone who's like really inspirational or like a really strong female or even like a male who's like super about feminism and 
empowerment. I mean, I don't want to use feminism because, like, I feel like if you're a female, you're a feminist unless, like, you're married and you're, like, one of, like, six wives in a Mormon, I don't know, what is it called, cult, then I don't think you're a feminist. But maybe you are because you're okay with having six other wives. Like, I don't know. That's, like, that could go either way. <laughs> but we won't be having any of those, but I kind of want to get one. How do we get one of those? Because, like, uh, I'm obsessed put with, out an ad. I'm obsessed with cults. This is something everyone will probably find out eventually. I'm obsessed with cults and, like, especially religious cults. I think it's, like, one of the most fascinating things. And if I could start my own, I would. And I still... What would you call it? The bean, what would it be? The bean team. The <laughs> so what would the bean theme do? Oh my god, eat beans! The, you no, know, no, we wouldn't eat beans because that would be really smelly because everyone would fart all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we'd have like a compound, and everything would be like really pretty. You'd have to take showers. Like, there's no <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna be a dirty hippie. It's like, no, no. Um, have like our own compound. There'd be a speakeasy. There'd be teepees. Um, lots of like boating and kayak. It'd just be like a fun. It would be on a Delaware River Gap. Like there'd be a lot of drinking. It'd just be a fun party. It'd just be a fun party. Screw the so a cult for partying and you don't eat beans. Yes. Okay, got it. There we go. That's the that's the bean right, dream. Who wants to join? She's taking applications. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so unfortunately we won't have any cult members on here yet until I find one. <laughs> maybe there's like one down the street in Minneapolis we don't know about. Mm, maybe. Um so anyway, so yeah, so we'll have different like guests every week and it's it's going to be fun. I think I think we're going to have some positive talks and inspirational and learn and like that's another thing. We want someone to walk away and feel like I laughed, I learned, I'm inspired. Maybe you won't laugh at us. Maybe you don't think we're funny. And you know what? Then probably don't listen to this because you might not like us anymore. Um, so, yeah. So that's like kind of like the rundown of what we want this podcast to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think we're going to try to do it every Thursday. And we're – yeah. So this is the first one. So you guys are kind of like guinea pigs. So – um, kind of apologize for, you know, any issues any or issue. yeah. bloops we have, you know, this is our first debut and you guys are very yeah. special. Curtain too. call, curtain call. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, probably the first good thing to do is like talk about, you know, like why we're here and like what happened, give a brief rundown of like the last, like, I think like two years. Um, because maybe not everyone wants to read our ridiculously long blog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do like pictures, so if you like pictures, you can just look at them and yeah. just imagine what we're actually doing yeah. <laughs> without uh, reading. Yeah, some of them are pretty wordy when you get into, like, the transplant world, but, you know, it happens. Okay, so basically, Emma and I are sisters. Shocking. Yep, and Lima doesn't have CF, but I do. Yeah, um, we're two we're two years apart. Yeah, and, we, have, um, we have an older people brother. People think we're twins. <laughs> yeah, people do think we're twins. Actually, when I was in the hospital for three months, this past winter, 
a lot of the nursing staff would be like, oh, are you guys twins? And, like, I don't think we look that much alike, but apparently we we look like twins to some people, and then other people are like, yeah, kind of. Like, we have brown hair, and we have, I don't think we have similar smiles. And our eyes no, and our noses are different. something about our face that's similar, but definitely not everything. No, I think it's just, like, when our, we smile. I think that's the only similarity. But um, we have an older brother, and I feel like you look more like him. You look more like I think him. so. Yeah. So, anyway, so, like, people would always think we're twins, or Domo would play the guessing game of, like, guess who's older? Oh, yeah. And, like, make them really well, no, they would ask, they're like, who's older? And yeah. I'd be like, guess. Yeah, and then make the nurses really uncomfortable because, you know, like, <laughs> they're, like, from, they're Minnesota nice. So, first of all, like, the Minnesota nice thing is really funny because, like, people are, like, very nice here, but in a passive-aggressive way. And, like, we're nice, but we're also very direct because we're from the East Coast. So, it's like, yeah, we're nice, but then if you fuck with us, like, no, we're going to tell you we're sassy and blunt sarcastic yeah but like here minnesota nice it's like they don't want to offend because they don't know what to do when they get offended and they don't know how to react so if they offend people they get really uncomfortable so when nima would ask them who do you think is older they would get really uncomfortable because they didn't want to offend because you can't offend here and I'm sure I offended people accidentally. Oh yeah, we all. I feel like I do that on a regular basis. <laughs> but like, yeah, their faces of just like looking at us and be like, "Oh my God, who's the older one?" And then I'd always answer, "I'm like, you're not gonna offend the older one." And that should have been like immediately like the key to them being like, "Well, clearly the older one would say that." But no, a lot of time they would guess you. Yep. Yep. Which is funny because I think I look older than you, but like. Maybe not. I know. I have like a baby face, kind of. So it's I like. I mean, I do too. I have those cheeks too. Those oh, cheeks. All those cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> but like this one time, this nurse thought I was your mom. That was pretty funny. I'm she like, how like, the f do you think she's like in her forties? In or my forties, and I was I was 29 at the time, and I was just sitting there. Yeah, I didn't look. Well, it was also kind of wasn't that dark in the room. We were watching Game of Thrones. Well, I also like my room dark anyways. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No one likes bad fluorescent lighting. It's just bad oh, lighting. Hospital bad lighting is the worst. Ugh, bad lighting. That's something they need to fix in hospitals. Just give when my brother lighting. came, he flipped on all the lights. Oh, he's like, it's terrible. so dark in here. And we had, like, minimal lighting. And we're like, uh, no, no, no. We're not having these. No, 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 lights. Gypsy. No, no, no. And then, no, no. No, 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 no. I don't want to feel like I'm in surgery. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, it's bad for your eyes. And it's like, dude. But it needs to be serene care. in here. We, we're trying to set a mood. We had, like, a tapestry of the mountains. I had my little diffuser going with some lavender yeah, oil. Yeah, I would always come in and spray. Yeah, yeah we're getting off track right now. Okay, anyways. Anyways, <laughs> back, back to what were we talking about. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, we're two years apart. <laughs> we apologize. These are going to happen quite often. These little tangents. So, we're two years apart, and Nemo is diagnosed at four months old with CF and uh, grew up with her having it, obviously, because there is no cure to having cystic fibrosis. Yes, yet. yet. There will yet. be one day soon. There will be one day soon. They're working on it. Um, there's also varying degrees of cystic fibrosis, right? Yes, yes, there definitely are. Uh, some uh, CFers have more uh, respiratory, pulmonary um related stuff and then others are more GI abdominal and pancreatic um so when I was growing up it was more stomach issues 
um, rather than my lungs. Um, so I wasn't sick that often, didn't have to go to the hospital. It was like every other year, basically, in like elementary school. Um, and it was mostly stomach aches and I was in the nurse a lot. Uh, so everyone has varying degrees. And then like some people have very high PFTs, which are pulmonary function tests, um, which um, gauge your lung capacity and um, stuff like that. And um, so people can have high ones or just middle or low, but like anytime you go, it can fluctuate between several percent um, percents. And uh, yeah, so sometimes that means there's an infection or you're just not taking care of yourself or just, you know, you can still feel great and have your numbers go up and down and, you know, you don't really ever find out why, why that happened. I feel like I was always a mystery, a lot of the things that would happen. Um, but yeah, there's always a mystery going on every time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like any time that I was in um, those meetings or, you know, like heard from like you, you'd always be like, oh, the doctor's faces or like I'd see their face and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. It's like always like, I don't know. And it's like, where the fuck is Dr. House? Yeah. Yeah. Where is he? Yeah. Where the f- is he with his cane and his addiction to drugs and painkillers? I mean, those would be fun. So anyways. <laughs> so yeah. So we grew up with him having CF and then, um, you know, just like going in for cleanouts and, you know, having to take medicine and enzymes and inhalers and doing the vest and like, it's a whole thing boatload and like in episodes later on we'll get into like the more nitty-gritty and whatever but this is still like the overview so um so after high school I moved to Chicago for college and then I moved to Los Angeles after that and then I moved to San Francisco and when I was living in San Francisco in 2009-10 no 2011-12 yeah, it was like, um, it was later. Yeah, my dates are really all over the place. Um, <laughs> found out that, Emma, well, the doctors told you that you needed to get a transplant, like, soon. ASAP. ASAP, yeah. And I was living in San Francisco at this time and having a really hard time with knowing that um, I would be all across the country while she was getting her transplant and that wasn't okay. So... I decided to move to New York City where I could be closer to Boston, like a train ride away, instead of a six-hour flight and the ridiculous airfare and not being really involved. So I moved to New York, and then you got better. Yes. Yep. I got better for... I had my ups and downs, but I was better for a couple years. A few years, yeah. And then in 2015, you started getting, like, really sick, and we are in the hospital a lot, but this is also the year that you decided that you wanted to move to Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, because, like, I lived all over. The, I was living in my uh, fifth city. No. One, two, three, four, fifth city. And, like, you had only lived in Massachusetts. So, well, and you went to school in New Hampshire, but still. Relatively close. But yeah, yeah. you like wanted to move. So Dima being Dima was like, no, I'm I'm doing this, which is like great. Because like 
I don't think an illness should stop anyone from doing anything that they want to do. Like, I don't think that's fair. You know, and the fact that you were like, I don't fucking care. I'm doing it. Like, I'll figure it out. That's great. Because a lot of people, like, let stuff like that slow them down or not let them do certain things. And, like, even people who don't have illnesses, like, they just, like, no, I don't want to move. And, you know, like, yeah, I want to live in another city. But, like, that just seems like so much work. It's like everything's work. Fucking getting up in the morning is work. Yeah, this morning I set my alarm for 645 to go get labs drawn, I shut it off because I forgot to set a second alarm a minute after. And of course, I didn't wake up till my alarm for my meds at eight. And I was like, holy shit, I need to get fucking go now. <laughs> so I just brushed my teeth, threw a sweatshirt on and sweatpants and just ran out the door. Yeah. And it's oh, like, they're, they're a little late, but you know, that's fine. Whoops. Whoops. But yeah, so like not letting something like that stop you from living life or, you know, I think that's really important. And I think that's awesome that when people are sick or have a disability or have something that like maybe doesn't make them normal and there's no such thing as normal. Maybe there's the, you know, the society picture of normal or now like Instagram's picture of normal or social media picture of normal, but like those people aren't normal. Those people who are posting like oh my goodness, I went out for wine last night. But yeah, but they could have depression. Like, we don't know that. So, like, everyone has their shit to carry. Everyone's different. But, like, if you don't let that hold you back and stop you, then, like, all power to you. So all power to Dema for knowing what she wanted. thank you, thank you. So while she was deciding to do that, then her health started, like, declining to a point where you were, like, in and out of the hospital quite a bit. And I was living in New York at this time, and I was taking the train up, and I saw you quite a bit. And then, um, what was it, your move date, on your move date, oh, well, not before that. Well, we can get into that later, but you got really sick, and I had to drive you to the, at your going away party. She was on, oh, wait, when did you start going on oxygen? Like, that year, right? So she had never yeah. been on oxygen before, really. And then yeah, at year, night they would do it. Anytime I would get admitted, um, they would make me sleep with it, and they encouraged me to sleep with oxygen on because my stats, my oxygen saturation would drop when I sleep. I mean, most people's do, but like mine went really low. Um, so yeah, that fall I, uh, you know, got sick. I thought it was a cold, whatever. Went in. I was usually go in for a couple of days, get all of my levels set and then I'd go home with IVs and do them for a couple of weeks well um I was right back in the hospital not too long after leaving um and that happened about four times uh, so I was in the hospital four times within two months uh the fall of 2015 so that was really fun um and yeah they and each time I started to get a little worse than the time before even though I was already pretty sick um, and so then they're like, you know, where your oxygen? And I had a going away party, and I just could barely take a few steps without yeah, it was being out of breath, or even I could barely eat half a meatball. I was oh, not yeah. hungry at it all. It was terrible. Like I drove up from New York for this, and I had my best friend Emily's car, Clark, and I drove up, and like 
Edema was like, she could barely like walk. She could barely eat. She was like really tired. I was like, this is, and you just gotten out of the hospital like the day before. And I was yeah, like, this, day. yeah, I was like, this is not a good idea. But anyways, it's your going away party. So you had it and everyone's drinking and I stopped drinking at a point because I'm like, this is, she's going to have to go to the hospital. Cause you kept going in your room sitting with the oxygen. Oh, I was doing my nebs. I thought that would help, but yeah. literally my nebulizers no. did nothing. No. So then at like around like one something, I put my foot down and we got in the car and I like sped. Well, no, you went to sleep. No, I didn't. And no. I was starting to have trouble. No, uh, uh, no, you're no, I did not go to sleep. You were getting ready for bed. Yeah. And I had I, someone go get you. Okay, whatever. Anyways. (laughs) Semantics, whatever. Semantics, your story, my story. So, um, got in the car and sped all the way to Boston, and then you were in the hospital for, like, till Christmas. I got out Christmas Eve. Went out Christmas Eve. Your move date got pushed to the 8th of January, and I decided that I was going to drive you, because it only seemed fair, because I'm... The road trip person you are the road trip queen for sure yeah and, and, yeah I'm definitely I love road trips I'm a very good driver 16 hour road trips got it <laughs> packing that car like Tetris got oh, it oh yeah like expert mover expert shocking right who who moves to what's this is my seventh city <laughs> <laughs> moving ADD well it's not this the last few moves weren't moving ADD so yeah it was the the climate of what was going on in our life that made, did this. Um, so what's on your forehead? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so Emma and I, I moved her out in, on the eighth and she was going to have an appointment with C the transplant center in Colorado to see if she could get her transplant there because she was going to live with our brother Paulus and do it there so before she moved is when um talks of caregiving and what what is a caregiver so when you go through a transplant you need someone to take care of you you need someone because you can't do a lot of things like you need someone to be there for you you need a mom or a dad you need a parent or an older person, or a younger person, someone to fill the shoes of you, do everything for you, basically. Be your chauffeur, assistant, personal assistant, your, I don't know, everything. Like your chef, your kombucha brewer, the the amount of- Laundry, bed maker. Everything, like, anything and everything. Basically, like, what you can't do, this person does. And so, when Nemo was in the hospital- Uh, We realized that she, well, through the transplant, like, you knew this, we knew this, that you need a caregiver. And, like, a lot of centers, transplant centers require one, two, or three, depending on, like, how involved they are Um, and, like, your level of care that's needed. So when Nemo was in the hospital, I was living in Brooklyn at this time, and I realized, like, this responsibility would most likely land on my shoulders. Um, that's like a whole other post, not post, podcast, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so through a lot of, not a lot of thought, it kind of, it made sense. There was, there was no one really else um, that made sense. 
um, I was just hesitant because I had never done anything like that before. And being involved in the medical world, and I was in the creative startup advertising photography world, like, I, I don't know. Like, would I have been the right fit? I, I don't think I had a choice. So it's like, I'm one of those people that's like, I, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Like, anything I put my mind to, I do. Like, I, I don't fail. I have failed, but it's not failure. I just learn from it. You know, like, failing, I think, is when you don't reach your goal, but you don't learn anything in the process. That's the definition of failure. I don't fail. I just learn from my mistakes. I learn from an unsuccessful venture and it's like okay next time I'll do this or next time I'll do this and caregiving I didn't want that to happen to me I didn't want to like fail at caregiving because like there's another person involved it's not like my own like idea or venture or create creative spout that I would just like not succeed at and like learn from it so it's not failure I just like honestly it's like well if I fail at caregiving not fail but if I don't do a good job, there's no like, oh, next time I'll be better. There's no fucking next time. You know what I mean? It's right here, right now. And like, what if I, what if like you got really sick and I couldn't handle it? Or like, what if like I like halfway through the transplant, like just shut down? You know, there are people, it's what's it called? A caregiver dropout or something. Oh, there's a name for it? Yeah, there's a name for, like, caregivers. And there's I'm not care shaming right now. I'm just, like, talking about how, like, some people. <laughs> care shaming. Well, shaming, shame. care shaming, caregiver shame. shaming. I mean, shame. Some, shame. <laughs> Have, like, about shame. shame. <laughs> Game uh, of Thrones. We love it. Yes, yeah, anyways. So <laughs> okay, so anyways. Um, some people aren't just, aren't built for that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, like, knowing that maybe you're, you're not yeah. going to be the best caregiver or maybe you're not made to be one. But some people don't have choices in this. Some parents don't have choices. Some siblings don't have choices. And, you know, that that's like one thing that we'll get into later. But Numa and I really want to start a uh, nonprofit. Not really yeah. want to. We are. It's happening. Um, and in this nonprofit, I don't want to give too much away just because it is still an idea but we would have tools to help people and make sure like you know maybe like you you don't have a choice and you have to be a caregiver but you're not the caregiving type and you don't know what to do and you're not medically inclined or like needles freak you out and like we help you and we give you the resources to overcome these challenges and maybe set something else up for you but anyways like so, like, that was my whole hesitation with becoming a caregiver. It's like, I don't know if I'll be good at this. I'm usually really good at everything, and I don't fail because I just learn from it. But, like, I don't think I have the um, space to not succeed in this because, like, what if I fuck up and then you get sick and you die? And then that's on me. Ha <laughs> ha. I don't want to fucking live with that. That's not going to be on my shoulders. I don't want anything to do with that. But, like, I didn't, like I said, like, I was the best person. So I just had to, like... You're not going to make a mistake. There's just no room for mistakes. There's room for waking up every day and being like, okay, what could I have done better yesterday that I'm going to do better today? And like, how can I be a better person? How can I be a better caregiver? Maybe I'll have breakfast ready for her five minutes earlier than like 10 minutes earlier. So anyways, so basically decided to be her caregiver. Rima said yes, of course. Can you imagine? I said she, yes to the dress. She said yes to the dress. Can you imagine if you were like, no, I don't want you. 
Uh, yeah, that would be uh, interesting. <laughs> that would have been really interesting. This podcast wouldn't be happening. Actually, I would have my own podcast that called Bitch and Emma. Let's t- let's oh. like no, it wouldn't be called Bitch and Emma. What? <laughs> Rude. Well, you would say no to the dress, so yeah. Say yes to the dress. I feel like there should have been like a bracelet involved. Caregiving. Yes, to the caregiver. Yes, to the care. So, anyways, so she had her appointment evaluation in Denver in February. Yes. Okay. And they said yes to accepting her to the transplant program. And then the next day or two days later, they called and they were like, oh, sorry, but we didn't realize you had certain bugs in you that we can't deal with. So, no, we can't do the transplant here. Yeah, they're like, you're too resistant. We didn't realize uh, the bugs growing in your lungs are resistant to all antibiotics. So post-transplant care would be difficult if you got an infection therefore the outcome would be bad so basically they didn't want me because I would screw up their numbers and you know all transplant centers you know are based on you know how many transplants are successful and how long and they saw me as obviously a risk to hurt their numbers so they're like nope yeah it's called it's fine with me now because I learned they aren't the greatest center and so basically I'm saved and uh she's saved she's saved save y'all so lima the little genius she uh you know did some research and had a her best friend's mom you know give her some ideas of like minnesota um and yeah lima you can uh, explain that part (laughs) so um so they said no and um kind of goes more into this uh so there's no other transplant centers in Colorado so Dima is now just moved to her new city she needs to get a transplant and she can't get it there so it's like red red code red or like what is it fire alarm like I was freaking out I'm also working I got a second job so I could afford because at this point like I had already known that the plan was for me to move to Colorado in like the fall probably because she'd probably get it then or like summer so I had, like, gotten a second job to save up money for the move, and I was also working full-time, and I was, like, researching shit, like, 24-7. I was not at the best me because I was just, like, so stressed out. But then Sodima got declined, and um, the other transplant centers that we were told about were Duke in North Carolina, Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio, and then Stanford in Stanford, or is it San Jose? It's or is it Stanford, California? I thought it was near San Francisco. Yeah, Here. Stanford. Yeah. Well, okay, fine. I was just naming the city. <laughs> I was naming the hospital, city, state. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so those were our options, and well, not our options, but those were those are the big ones. And so we went down the list, and we didn't. I love California, but it's like really expensive cost of living, and that would be moving all the way across the country. So Stanford was out. Um, Duke to North Carolina. Um, and they require you to live there for a whole year post-transplant. And even 
before and then like that was like a big thing like I didn't want to move some relocate somewhere for a whole year and like ideally like no I wouldn't want to do that but if that was the difference between life and death then like yes of course we would do that Cleveland is the same thing he had to live there for a year after so Dema had some asks when I was researching transplants clinics is that we didn't have to live there for a whole year and then it was close enough to Colorado where that's the thing a lot of like transplant centers not a lot all of them I think require you and that's why I think they require you to some of you whoa some of them require you to live there like a year after because you have to do follow-up appointments and that's why Emma comes up to the U of M every two to three months for her follow-up appointments and so I was like looking at transplant centers like there's this whole scoring system and I had my best friend Emily and my best friend Audrey help out with their mom, who is in the medical world. She got in contact with some doctors that she knew from the U of M, put me in contact with them. And, of course, we went through the back alleyway and not the regular way of waiting. And then just started emailing and then got Emma to have an evaluation there. So when we found out that they could do it, this was at the start of very, very, very end of February. And her evaluation for the U of M was going to be beginning of April and I was living in New York in this time and I was going to meet your caregiver and there was a good chance in our minds and I'm I'm a producer project manager so I always look at like plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P all the way to Z. So like I in my head could have happened and how many scenarios could happen so there was like a billion and one of them would would have been you know we go we do the evaluation they're like you need to get listed like two days ago and uh there was no way stress level wise that I was going to be able to live in New York go to U of M have that happen have all my shit in in Bushwick have to move it to I don't know where so I was like this is this not working so I decided that I was going to move to Denver at the end of March and that way I would be with Dema and it was also really hard to do things over the phone and like there's a time difference and like you needed help because you were on oxygen all the time. Mm -hmm. So then I moved at the end of March and then we had her evaluation in April at the U of M and it was like a really long process. Um, but she got accepted, which is great. Yay. And then we really liked them and they said that sh if she could try to get her lung function up, number wise up during the summer that'd be great it'd be great yeah so um then I was like okay so the plan is for us to us I started saying us you we we, we are we, we are one we are one, we are one um <laughs> to get listed in the fall like mid to late fall so then that summer I went back to Bushwick um because I knew like the next year was going to be a lot and I hadn't really hung out with my friends too much before I left and I didn't have a job. I couldn't get a job because like we didn't know when you were going to get listed or what the plan was. So I went back for two months and during those two months, like you got really sick in Colorado. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate yes. on that? Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just facing over here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah um after the evaluation let's see that was april and then may i had sinus surgery um so i was admitted for that and that went fine and then not too long after what's it june i think in june i was admitted yeah because i was in bushwick 
because I was got sick and then I got out. So in Colorado, they make you stay two weeks. They don't let you come in for a couple of days and then go home like in Boston. So you're a prisoner for two weeks. Um, so I did that and then I got out and then I don't know why I went in for some reason. Uh, did I? I'm confused. Yeah. So I went in in July and then I was there for another two weeks, I believe. And then, um, went home with IVs because I was going to be flying back to Boston for, to see friends and family for like summer, just for like 11 days. Um, I talked her into it. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. I was like, you need to come. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, flying is not my best friend anymore. I don't like it. It's so uncomfortable, and especially traveling with oxygen and carrying things and with my lung f- function being, like, 19 or what have you. It was pretty difficult. So I was flying alone, but then Lima maneuvered some stuff and got me and my brother on the same flight because we were flying out, like, the a same day, day or yeah, within a day, a day of each other, even, so she yeah. coordinated it. Um so he helped me. Uh, we went to the airport, and I got one of those wheelchair things. And you know, the transport people had to push me around, which was fine. And but we got to skip the security line, which was mm-hmm. nice because it was super long. Um, but of course, because I had my oxygen, and I couldn't really get up and walk through the body scan thing without my oxygen, I had to get groped I had to get one of those pat down so they took me over to the corner <laughs> while I was in the wheelchair because um you know they have to make sure I didn't have anything on me god forbid my oxygen um so yeah that was fun but uh yeah I was Dima on IVs the whole time Shadima definitely fits the terrorist <laughs> I mean look at her she's terrifying yes she's gonna yes. make faces at you and scare the shit out of you Mm-hmm. Make you for laugh. sure. Make you laugh till you pee, and that's how she terrorizes you. You just pee your pants. Yeah. So good um, thing they patted you down. Whoopee cushions and all. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now you made me forget what I was gonna say. <laughs> Damn it, Lima. <laughs> so yeah, you were on the flight, and then you came to Maine, and then we were up in Maine for a family reunion, kind of ish. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I knew that I was going to have a very uncomfortable conversation with Dima about her getting listed sooner than later. Because we were planning on, like, after her birthday. Like, after Halloween. Like, that had been the goal. Because we wanted to enjoy it. Remember, like, we were, like, birthdays after yeah. Halloween. Because Halloween is, like, our favorite holiday. And we didn't want mm-hmm. to, like, you know, be somewhere for that. That wasn't fun. And nope, Emma brought it up herself because she's a big girl and was like, nope, this is what needs to happen and I need to get listed. And so we called the U of M and we told them and I was going to be back in Colorado, I think in a week and a half. And we were going to get you listed once I got back, I think. But then you ended up back in the hospital. Yeah, I was still on IVs the whole time I was visiting. Yeah. And on the flight so I was okay and then the first the second day back I was like oh my my throat really hurts and then it started to get worse and worse and I ended up having a cold that I got that I thought was from a plane traveling whatever uh and I got really bad so I ended up back in the hospital and I was there for like three weeks and I was coughing up the darkest 
grossest stuff. It looked like the devil. It came from the devil, basically. No, someone compared it to chocolate milk. I like the color black. I don't know why people consider that the devil. Well, it just looked <laughs> demonic, whatever. Okay, anyway. demonic, but... <laughs> so I was there for three weeks, and then so Lima, the organized queen that she is, um, f- was searching for well, a place for us to stay. Well, first of all, <clears throat> You forgot the part of you were in the hospital and the doctors were like, we're not comfortable letting you leave until you get the transplant. So you're either going to be in the hospital here until you get the transplant and you're going to get listed in U of M or you got to go there. So this is when like we were going to originally stay, stay in Colorado while she was listed at the U of M. And the plan was to get med flown, have a med flight, which is like a small little charter plane that they use for medical purposes and fly us to the U of M once Gemma got the call. And that was, like, another thing with the U of M. You have to be within a four-hour flight, and we were. But the whole time while she's listed, we would have to make sure we had service. We were with each other because if she got the call and I'm, like, hiking in the mountains with no service, like, you only have a certain amount of time to get to the plane. Like, you need to get to the hospital ASAP. So, like, that was, like, a planning nightmare. So it's like, okay, so now this is before – they told us that Dimmo wasn't allowed to leave the hospital. We knew that we would have to be within an hour of the airport, have service at all times, and be with each other all the time. So, like, that was also stressing us out because, like, what if I wanted to go do this? Or what if I wanted to go do that? Or vice versa. Dimmo wanted to go see her friend. And, like, alone time is good. How would we execute that? So we had all, like, these – I had all like, these plans. And my brother, I take an Uber and I meet her there, this and that. And it was just, like, planning fucking nightmare logistics, stressing me out. And so then they told Emma um, that she was too sick. They didn't feel comfortable not letting her go home. And then it possibly would be a better idea to go to the U of M while we're listed, like live in Minneapolis while we're listed in Minneapolis because also the altitude, I mean, you were having a much harder time breathing in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. That's a given. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Minneapolis would be, like, what, sea level, so easier for you to breathe. And so I had to find a place, found a place short term. We went to Minneapolis, like, a couple weeks later, packed a car, drove out there. We were staying at a assisted senior living center. Time to get our senior discounts yeah. everywhere. because, like, Stipulations, we couldn't just find a random apartment. We couldn't live with roommates. It wasn't going to furnish apartment. We also were told we were only going to be there for three months or four months waiting. That was our long end. So we thought we would only be in Minneapolis for like five, seven, six months, six to seven months six. tops. You know, like that was the long end. But, you know, they can't guarantee it. But unfortunately, they like hyper focused on the short end. And at the end of the conversation, they're like, Oh, but there's always a possibility. You know, they'd always say, but there's the possibility. And I think that's a part of the conversation. And we'll probably talk about this in the podcast later on. They need to switch the way that conversation goes and alter it and prepare people for the long end and make them think that it's going to be much longer than it is. And then when it's not, you're it's pleasant. a pleasant surprise. First is what we went through, which was every day just being like, Every time we went to an appointment, it could happen any day, any time. It's the weekend. It's, it's a holiday, it's, you know. Death rates are up this weekend. It's Thanksgiving. It's Halloween. It's Christmas. It could happen. Like, no. And they, and they say this because 
you know, there's a lot of people on the road for holidays. There's a lot of drinking going on, drinking and driving. So accidents happen. So yeah. usually holidays are higher mortality uh, rates, mortality rate for accidents and, you know, for organs as mor- morbid as it is to say. Yeah. But life is morbid. So yes. So anyways, um, so yeah, like that's a part of the conversation that I feel like needs to change because like we had our hopes up every day, like every night before we go to bed. Oh, this is it. Oh, you know, they said in the appointment, they just, or like, they'd be like, oh, we just had three transplants. That means like there's an uptick. They say it goes in waves. You know what I mean? Like they just get, and I, and I realize that they're trying to keep your hopes up, but like also I think they cater to a lot of people who are always very like depressed or sad or like not positive thinking and we're pretty positive thinking. So if we're already positive and you give us more positivity, we're going to be pretty excited. You can't do that to people like us that were like, oh my God, it's happening. It's like, no, <laughs> it's not. And so, yeah, so that's for a later time to talk about Yeah, that. and it's like, I know uh, like a lot of people have way longer waits than I did. I'm not trying to, dim- we're not trying to diminish their waiting time. Yeah. Just, you know, the way that our center just kept saying the things they did, you know, every They shouldn't have. They shouldn't every have. Every time. And it's like, yeah, I know they, they're, they're, they want it to happen really badly and they're just trying to get excited. You know, it's just, you know, whatever, just maybe next time they shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like something like uh, we also want to help prepare people for. It's like, just prepare to be waiting for a year. And if you're waiting for two days, holy shit, you're in the minority, but like, then you're not prepared mentally because that's way too fast. Yeah. But like, just be prepared. No, it can come any day. But like, if you move somewhere like us, don't think it's only going to be for six. We didn't bring any of our summer clothes or spring clothes. We just brought fall and winter. Like, that's it. So then when we were here in the spring, we're like, what the fuck? So we had, like, have things shipped to us or we had to buy stuff. So it's, like, just, I don't know, just being prepared. And that's what, like, bothered me was I'm always prepared and I wasn't because we were told not to. Or, like, we were given false hope. But anyways. Anyways. Whatever. They're a great center, but they just... That was the only that was thing. The only thing. <laughs> but it's a human it's a human thing. You want to make people feel better and you want to give them hope. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just doing it in the correct way that is realistic. You know? So anyways, so Rima got listed at the end of September and then she had a dry run on Halloween and then she ended up in the hospital for three months. Ooh, that was fun. Yeah, because they bronked her, not bronked her, they suctioned her, they put her under. In the no, they intubated. I don't know why you always say suction. Suction does, like, what? In my mind, they're <laughs> suctioning your lungs. <laughs> well, they did that also, but yeah. they intubated me. Yeah, okay, fine. They put me to sleep. <laughs> and so then she, they, like, stirred some bacteria up in her lungs, and then she ended up having fevers, and she was in the hospital for three months. And then finally got out, and we'll dive all in this later on, and then she got out, and then she was home on IVs for the whole time. Until, even after transplant, even I was after, still on them, yeah. just to make sure that I didn't get any yeah. infections. She, but uh, I think a total, I was on from August, nope, sorry, uh, July... July to uh, 
June. Yeah. July to June. Almost a year. Almost a year. And I was. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then April Fool's, she had another dry run. So, number two. And then on Mother's Day, May 14th, she got the call for lungs. And she got a double lung transplant. And, Yay. yeah. And then she was in the hospital for two weeks after. And 16 days to be six, exact. 16 days. <laughs> and then we went back to, we had, um, through this amazing nonprofit organization called With One Breath that's based in uh, Minneapolis. It's run by CF Families. Um, when we were staying at the Senior Citizen Assisted Living Center, when we first got to Minneapolis, the U of M does have transplant housing. But it's like dorm style and it's pretty expensive. Yeah. And there's like, a wait list. There's a wait list. Yeah, it's near the hospital, but like no. And um our social worker put us in contact with this organization that had just remodeled and flipped a house up in Blaine, like thirty minutes from the hospital. And they were looking to rent to CF patients or families in town for medical related reasons at the U of M. And we viewed it and got it and moved in and it was like literally saved our butts. They are one of the most amazing nonprofits that we've ever encountered because they personally helped us so, so much and um, have inspired us to, well, me, both of us, to start our own nonprofit because they helped us and like we just want to be able to help other people and make a difference because like they honestly like I don't think I don't know what we would have done without them. I mean, we would have figured it out, but it wouldn't have been fun. It wouldn't have been the same. We wouldn't have no, a house. No, we wouldn't have been very comfortable. No, that house is no. amazing, and what they do is amazing, and it's just great that that is a resource. And I feel like more places, more organizations, or even people should, like, if they have, like, you know, a house or anything like that, they could, you know, donate it and get it all, uh, you know, as a tax write-off um, to have for medical housing uh, for families in town or, you know, for long-term things like transplant and surgery and can't, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, so I think they're great and should set an example for other people to, uh, start doing that more. Yeah, I agree. And like, that's one thing that we want to also incorporate in ours. But anyway, so we were there and we had a place to stay. And so after Nima got out of the hospital from getting her lungs, we were up in the house for three months because we couldn't, go home you have to stay within 30 minutes of the hospital three months post-transplant recovery was it was a process but and like that's another podcast is like talking about recovery but like there's a lot that goes into it like you got to eat right you got to exercise you got to go to all the follow-up appointments there's a lot of tests there's a lot of like checkups um it's like a whole whole thing and then finally mid-september was it that we could go Yes. Yep. Yep. Mid September, uh, we well, packed. Technically, we could have left a couple weeks earlier, but um, we were if we left, we would have had to come back two weeks later for my two month uh, after you know in September. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, it wouldn't have made sense to drive back and then come back. Yeah, because it's a fourteen hour drive to Colorado. So we packed up the car, and then we left mid September for Colorado, and. That this summer, I had decided that I, I fell in love with Minneapolis. I really, really like it. Loved it. I really like the city. I felt more at home than I did in Denver. Um, so 
also, and I have a really, really good friend group here, and I don't know, I just, like, felt like this is the place I should live, and it actually made more sense because <clears throat> it in my has to come up to U of M every two months for the first year, and then every three months for the following two year, year second, and third, and fourth. So she would be up here a lot, and me being her caregiver, having to go with her to all the appointments, and then how, how is there, not how, there is no job out there full-time in the creative industry in Colorado that would allow me to have a week off at least every eight weeks, and then have paid vacation, and have time off. And if we needed to be up here for two more weeks, like, would allow that. So I would have to be freelance. It would pigeonhole me. And then, like, what, we're crashing at our friend's house every eight weeks. It just didn't make sense. So from a planning standpoint and project management standpoint, it made the most sense for us to have a home base here. And because I really liked it so much, it just made sense for me to move here. So my plan was to move here. Um that fall, beginning of winter. So we were back mid-September, and then Winnema had our follow-up mid-November. So we drove up here, and the plan was for me just to, like, get interviews and find a job, and then one thing led to another, and I found a sweet-ass apartment and then got a car, and then I moved up to Minneapolis at the end of November, and that's how I'm in Minneapolis, and Emma's in Colorado, and she's going to come up in a couple of weeks for a follow-up. So have a very nice apartment for her, very close to the hospital. Yep, like, like 10 minutes away. Yeah, and, like, awesome location. So, like, honestly, it, like, worked out for the best. It's just crazy thinking about, like, two years ago, if you were, like, hey, Lima... You're going to be living in Minneapolis. I tell you, we're on crack and that you don't know what you're talking about. And I've never been to Minneapolis and I'm not leaving Brooklyn. And you can go in that corner and stay in that corner. Shame. Shame. <laughs> it's funny how life changes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It is. <laughs> and it was in Colorado and not sick right now, right? No. No. Yeah, I just, I'm just coughing because it's dry, and then my sinuses like to drip down and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Not sick, just, you know, normal other stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's, like, kind of, like, the brief rundown of, like, how we got to where we are and, like, what has kind of happened. And the following podcast won't be an hour unless it's, like, a really exciting guest speaker that we have. Um, maybe we'll get a cult person and then it will be like a two hour conversation and I'll just be picking their brain and be like, how do you do it? I'm going to start putting up some ads around town for you. Yeah. For oh my gosh. I bet you can find some really weirdos up in the mountains. Oh my God. Can it be like a mountain cult? <laughs> ah! And they all have beards and like long hair and they like walk around in plaids. Okay. So I, I joined that. Or you could just call it a group. No, it has to be a cult. Okay. And it needs to be a cult. So anyways. So yeah, so every week we'll talk about like different subjects and not cults. <laughs> maybe maybe we will. Maybe this is how we just catfish people. It's like, yes, we're talking about cystic fibrosis until it got really weird. I don't know. I was just in this podcast and then they just like dove into cults and how they're starting one and now I'm part of their cult. I don't know how, but like somehow I got a thing in the mail and I have a badge that says Beans Dream Team and like now I'm in it. 
Oh, Lordy. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So thanks for being our guinea pigs. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's just like, I guess from this, this hour long podcast, just like know that, you know, life is unexpected. You can try to plan as much as you want. Obviously I am a planner and I've tried, but like you got to just roll with the punches and roll with what life gives you and make the best of it. And like, that's what Emma and I tried to do this whole year. Like, yeah. No one wasn't given the coolest hand, but there's always someone who's in a worse spot than us. Like, there are people who don't have access to medical care who need transplants, and that's not even an option. It's not even a conversation. They don't even know that's a possibility, and they just don't exist anymore because, unfortunately, they're, they don't have access to it, whether it be the country they live in or the state of politics or financial reasons or even educational reasons. Like, they don't even know. So we're really lucky that, you know... Emma has had all this access and has new lungs and is kicking it in Colorado and hanging out with friends and living life and yeah, yeah. and also like the mental part of it. It's like, yeah, like you just need to like keep like an optimistic outlook. No matter how bad it is, someone always has it worse than you. Where are you going? She's walking oh. around with her laptop right now. <laughs> My, uh, it's at 6%. Oh. Um, but yeah, oh, we forgot to mention, yeah, so our names are pronounced Rima and Lima. I know a lot of people think I'm Rima and she's probably Lima or, or Liama, Lima or something. Liana. So now that you can hear how we pronounce it, it's, or if you can't roll your R, it's Rima or I can't roll my R. Apparently it sounds like I say Drima, like (laughs) D-R-I-M-A. Everyone says it. They're like, you say your sister's name like Drima. I'm like, no, it's Rima. There's no D. There's no D. I don't say D. And they're like, well, you can't roll your R. I'm like, oh, that's so nice of you to point this out. No fucking shit I can't. You don't think I know this? Oh, my God, my entire life. You can't roll your R. What can't you do? And then I want to point it out as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so it's Lima and Rima. And no, our parents didn't name us Rima and Lima. (laughs) Yeah, people are like, why didn't you get named Rima and Lima or Rima and Lima? It's like, like, why didn't your because... parents name you Dumb and Dumber? I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's another vi- like valid question. Where are your manners? Were you raised by wolves? Yes. There's a lot of people out there that were raised by wolves and not in a cool way. Yeah, that is true. Um... <laughs> We've experienced them, which we'll get into in other ones. But anyway, so yeah, so thanks for listening to our rambling and yeah, stuff <laughs> we had a script <laughs> we did but you know <laughs> it, was, it was fine it was fine yeah so um we hope that you guys tune in for the next one which will come out in a week from now so thursday we hope so have a awesome christmas everyone or happy holidays if you know, whatever holiday whatever you celebrate holiday. or don't celebrate. If you don't celebrate, that's fine. And if you do, great. Don't overeat the cookies and leave some for Santa. Or just don't and eat them and maybe you're Santa. Yeah. Then that, that makes sense. Then that, you eat all the cookies. That, that, that makes sense. Just calm it down on the eggnog. That stuff is gross. Yeah. Yeah. Icky. Yeah. Basically, every week we'll just talk about different things and maybe make you giggle i don't know but thanks for tuning in to our first long story short podcast 
yeah, thanks for l letting us uh, ramble to you. Okay, bye. Bye.